the assassin. You know I break necks, call me Jack Tate. I have no regrets while your life is fading. I'm a crazy fuck equivalent to Satan. When I'm behind the mic, I feel like the greatest. You know I break necks, call me Jack Tate. I have no regrets while your life is fading. I'm a crazy fuck equivalent to Satan. When I'm behind the mic, I feel like the greatest. What up, y'all? You're listening to Sports Talk with Trop, and I'm your host, Katie Trop. Well, I guess I should have wore my O.J. Simpson jersey yesterday because my Dallas Cowboys got murdered. Um, And you might ask yourself, do you really have an O.J. Simpson jersey? Yes, I actually have two O.J. Simpson jerseys. And and you want to know why? Because um, uh, I make music videos uh, for my my music. If you haven't checked out my music, you can check out my music at katietrop.net. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you stream music. And you can just look up Katie Trop. Boom, shakalaka, there I am. You can also see my music videos on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash katietrop. Check them out. Uh, But in one particular video called Crazy Bitch, I actually do wear an O.J. Simpson jersey. We'll just say I do my my best O.J. Simpson impression in this music video. And uh, I did wear an O.J. Simpson jersey. And the reason why I have two is because... Um, I tried to order an O.J. Simpson jersey um, from the NFL, their, their website, NFL.com, uh, but you're not allowed to buy a, an O.J. Simpson jersey. So um, I was able to just put, uh, and I, you can't even personalize it because that's what I was doing. I was going to personalize it, you know, with Simpson on the back, number 32. Uh, so I couldn't do that. So then I went to, uh, you know, you can find... Um, like not officially not official NFL jerseys online from China and um, I did find an an official or an unofficial OJ Simpson jersey from China but unfortunately it wasn't going to get here in time for the the shooting of the video so I did end up having to buy one on NFL.com but I was able to personalize it where it said OJ on the back and not Simpson on the back uh, so, uh, that is why I have two OJ Simpson jerseys. Cause the one I ordered from China, I did order it, but it didn't come in time. So, um, I have both of those and yes, I, I do wear them. It's, it's, it's a really, uh, fun social experiment to do when you are a blonde white girl and you walk around wearing an OJ Simpson Jersey. Um, nobody's ever approached me or said anything because people are cowards and nobody will say anything to me. And even if they do, they're going to get a big old fuck you. Cause Quite frankly, um, while, yes, I do believe O.J. Simpson slashed Nicole Brown Simpson's throat and uh, murdered Ron Goldman as well, um, he is not convicted of those things, but I, in reading the evidence and yada, 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 I believe he's the murderer behind it all. But um, beyond that, I've mentioned it many, 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 many times on this show. I am an O.J. Simpson fan. I feel he is one of the greatest running backs of all time. And uh, I do, he's a Hall of Famer, um, and yes, I I wear his jersey with pride because I do think he's a great football player, so uh, kill me. Yeah, how about that? So uh, anyways, let's get to uh, week 15 and the uh, week that was beginning with Saturday's games uh, because we did have three Saturday games. 
Uh, first, we had us a doozy to start off Saturday. It was the Minnesota Vikings at the Cincinnati Bengals. And man, Jake Browning, he is fitting in well for uh, um, uh, Joe Burrow, man. He's, he's come right in, and uh, he's actually playing really well. He had 324 yards and two touchdowns and an interception. And it was a crazy game because... Um, you know, the Vikings really, they had a really solid lead going into the fourth quarter. They were up 17-3 uh, to three, um, going into the into the fourth quarter. <clears throat> and then the Bengals were just able to rattle off three touchdowns and uh, take the game into overtime. And T. Higgins made a huge, huge touchdown as well uh, where he just was reaching over the end zone. Uh, and uh, it, it was crazy. Goes into overtime. And uh, the Bengals are, get, are able to uh, get the game-winning field goal, and they win twenty-seven to twenty-four. And it was, uh, it was, it. I thought that was going to be one of the more more boring games of the weekend. Turned out to be one of the most exciting games of the weekend. Uh, then we had the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Indianapolis Colts. At first, the Steelers made this a game. You know, they had a blocked punt, and it looked like they were going to go and do some shit, and then. Um, no, then uh, that you know they were up thirteen to nothing, and then the Colts rattled off thirty unanswered points right after that. Uh, Gardner Minshew had two hundred fifteen yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. had seventy eight yards, and it was just a uh, yet another bad game from the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, I'm not, I'm really not surprised at all because as I've continued to say, I kind of feel like they're going to be the team that's really starts to fall, and uh, they will not make the playoffs. That's I don't believe in them as a playoff team. And uh, they did uh, pull, um, what's-his-face, Trubisky, and put in um, uh, Mason Rudolph. It looks like Rudolph is going to start the rest of the season, or he's going to at least start the next game. Uh, but the Steelers just looked really, really bad on offense. And uh, the Colts, you know, they did what they do. Uh, they just get the win, and they are still right in line for the playoffs. So, uh and uh, like I said, Minshew had three TDs, and so uh, they're looking uh, pretty solid right now. And then the uh, final game we had on Saturday was the Denver Broncos at the Detroit Lions, and it was a Detroit Lions massacre. They smashed the Broncos 42-17. to Jared Goff had 278 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah, five touchdowns. He went to five different receivers as well. On each one of those touchdowns, and uh, you know Jameer Gibbs, he had a he had a big day as well on the ground, 100 yards and a touchdown. Amon Ross St. Brown had 112 yards and a touchdown, and like I said, Jared Goff had five touchdowns, and it was a big, big smashing. And and I mean the Broncos just, it was like they didn't they weren't even aware that they were playing a game, but they they looked pretty bad in this one, and the Detroit Lions looked pretty damn good in this one. Uh, then moving on to Sunday's games, we had uh, the Chicago Bears at the Cleveland Browns. This one actually ended up being a pretty good game. Um, the Browns did get the close win, 20-17. to Joe Flacco had yet another 300-yard game. This time he had 374 yards, two touchdowns, and three interceptions. Um, and even though he had the three interceptions, he was able to bounce back and uh, take his team on the game-winning drive. And uh, that's really just the Browns took over the fourth quarter and just were able to get it done when they needed to. Amari Cooper had uh, the big game-winning play, 109 yards and a touchdown. The Bears, though, they really they played pretty hard for a, a five and nine team. You know, they they really 
Um, they, they've had their ups and they've had their down. Well, they haven't really had many ups this season, but they've had their downs mostly. Uh, but this game, they actually played really hard and even had a chance. Uh, you know, Justin Fields, he bombed a Hail Mary in the end zone, and unfortunately, his wide receiver just missed it. It, like, bounced right off of him, and uh, he could have had it, but unfortunately, you know, just in that kind of situation, it's uh, I, I imagine it's just nothing but hands in the air, and you're just kind of hoping for the best. But uh, the Bears were right there to take the win away, but uh, the Browns, they walked away with it, and uh, the Browns are 9-5, and five, and right in line for a playoff spot with Joe Flacco as their starting quarterback. Then we had the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Green Bay Packers, and uh, who would have thought uh, Baker Mayfield went off yesterday? He had 381 yards, four touchdowns, and threw for uh, the only perfect game at in, in Lambeau Field. He's the only uh, visiting quarterback to ever have a perfect game in Lambeau outside of Aaron Rodgers, and, and that was when Aaron Rodgers was the starting quarterback at the Packers. So uh, congrats to Baker. He just had an, an excellent game. And uh, the Buccaneers pretty much just owned this one from start to finish. They did get the win 34-20. to uh, They Their defense really held it down for them when they needed to. But uh, it was a really big day for Baker. And uh, Chris Godwin also had a big day, 155 yards through the air. So uh, big win for the Bucs. Um, you know, I don't think they're a threat in any way, shape, or form. But they do have a shot at the playoffs, A, because uh, the AFC South is just, or I mean the NFC South is just terrible. Uh, them and the Falcons and the Saints are all in line for potentially winning it. But also the Bucks, if they keep on winning, they, they if they don't win their division, they do have an outside shot at a wild card spot too. So, um, you know, good, good for them. I don't expect them to be a threat in the postseason, but uh, they looked pretty good against the Packers yesterday. And the Packers dropped yet another one. You know, it looked like they were uh, about to make a big playoff run here, and it's looking like they're slowly slipping further and further away uh, from potentially making the playoffs. Uh, then we had the Houston Texans at the Tennessee Titans. This one went into overtime, and it looked like it was going to tie. And I was like, God, please, don't tie. Can we just have somebody get in field goal range and magically make a field goal? Well, the Texans were able to do that. They were able to finally get into field goal range in overtime and uh, get the win 19-16. to Case Keenum did have to play for C.J. Stroud yesterday. Stroud was out with the concussion. Uh, but Keenum stepped right in and didn't really have many problems. He passed for 229 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. And uh, uh, they just really overall had a pretty solid day. Uh, the Titans, uh, they are now officially eliminated from playoff contention. And uh, just another, another solid win from the Texans. Then we had the New York Jets at the Miami Dolphins, and uh, the Jets were just not aware that there was a game yesterday because the Dolphins won 30 to nothing. I mean, that's pretty much the Jets' season. Uh, they're 5-9 and nine on the season, and of those nine losses, it kind of feels like the majority of these losses from them have been 30 to nothing or 31-7 to seven or 31-3. to three. Like, they, they just get completely obliterated. And uh, yesterday was just another example of how that's going to happen to him. Uh, Tua Tungavailoa had 224 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Raheem Mostert had 42 yards and two touchdowns on the ground yesterday. And then uh, they did not have Tyreek Hill yesterday. It, it was actually announced uh, right before the game that he was not going to play. Well, it did not matter. Jalen Waddell stepped right up. He had 142 yards and a touchdown. And uh, it was a huge victory for the Dolphins 
um, over the Jets, and the Jets now have officially been eliminated from playoff contention. And hey, th- this uh, this week it looked like uh, you know Aaron Rodgers he's he's been progressing really really well from this Achilles injury. And he's been kind of hinting if the Jets are in it, which we all knew the Jets were not going to be in it. But even if they were, this offensive line is just atrocious. And so, in my opinion, you don't want Aaron Rodgers coming off of this Achilles injury and going out there. Yes, I mean, it looks fantastic that he has healed so quick. But let's just save Aaron Rodgers for next year. There is no need to put him behind this horrifying offensive line, um, especially now that a team that has no shot at a playoff chance just Keep him rested and ready for next season. Do not bother putting him in the game because you will not be shocked if he tears his Achilles yet again behind this porous offensive line from the Jets. Uh, Then we had the Kansas City Chiefs at the New England Patriots, and this went as expected. Uh, The Patriots actually did make it a game to start. You know, they actually had a couple interceptions. They They were making some big plays on defense. Uh, but then the second half started, and, and the Chiefs just ran away with it. Uh, they got the win 27-17. to 17. Patrick Mahomes had 305 yards, uh, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, then Rasheen Rice, he, he showed up again. He had 91 yards and a touchdown. And uh, it, it really wasn't a, an, an impressive win from the Chiefs, especially because they were just playing the terrible-ass Patriots, and pretty much everybody's beat up on the Patriots. But they still got the win, and uh, that, that's all that matters. Then we had the New York Giants at the New Orleans Saints, and uh, the Saints brought the Giants right back down to earth. They smashed the Giants 24-6. to David Carr had 218 yards and three touchdowns through the air, and uh, it just really was a, a, a huge defensive game from the Saints. And really, you know, the Giants are a terrible team, and uh, they, they just have you know got lucky in these last couple of games. Everybody was kind of hyped up over uh, what they've been doing. I don't know why. Uh, but they were, and uh, but the Saints knocked them right back down to earth in this one. Then we had the, uh, wow, this was a shocking game. Not because of the final score, but um, because it was a sight to see. So this was the Atlanta Falcons at the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers were able to get their second win of the season, 9-7. to seven. The story of this game has nothing to do with what happened on the field. As you can see, by that final score, not a lot happened on the field this day. Um, But what the shocking thing was, was to see the attendance of this game, okay? So the Carolina Panthers, obviously not one of the most popular teams in the league for many reasons. I mean, for one, they are an expansion team. They did not become a team until 1997, so they don't have any type of rich history like a lot of teams like the Packers or the Bears or the Lions or the Browns or the Cowboys. There's a lot of teams that have been in the league uh, since the 60s and beyond, like the 50s and the 40s and the 30s. So there's teams that have been around like for 100 years at this point. The Panthers, not so much. They are a, quote, newer team. They, Like I said, they did not become a team until 1997. And uh, so it, it's, it's hard to really get going. Also, they haven't really won anything. Yes, they have made it to two Super Bowls, but they have not won two Super Bowls. Being a winner of Super Bowls definitely helps. But they, they are on the, the lower side of popularity when it comes to um, fans. But whoa, 
I saw some pictures from this game yesterday before the game started. It looked like there was only like a hundred to a couple hundred people in the stadium before the game started uh, or like right before the game started. Then uh, you could see uh, some people kind of trail in. Now it also, not only are the Panthers terrible this season, you know, going into yesterday's game, they only had one win and uh, they're out of playoff contention. And a lot of the fans are pissed off at the owner because he's just made some terrible decisions as of late. Um, so there really wasn't a reason to go to yesterday's game. Also, uh, before the game, some of these tickets were going for as little as 35 cents. Yeah, you heard me. Some tickets to an NFL game were being sold for 35 cents. So you could have gone to uh, a football game yesterday like it was the 1930s and paid 35 cents for a, a ticket in. Um, but anyways, the weather was terrible yesterday too. It was a bad rainstorm. I mean, it was like a huge downpour, which is kind of one of the reasons why it was a low-scoring game. But it was the weirdest thing to just look at these pictures of like nobody in the stadium. Um, we don't have final numbers of how many people were in the stadium. Um, apparently, the record low for an NFL game is 10,000, I believe it was, like 10,740, something like that, for a game back in the 90s. Uh, I want to say like 90, it was the Houston Houston Oilers, it was their last year. I went, so that, what was that, like 95-ish around there? Um, so it's the last year the Oilers were in Houston. Um, and there was only like 10,000 people. They were playing the Bengals, so th these are not good teams. And also the, the Houston fans were pissed off that they were leaving, so they were trying to show their pissed offness. And uh, so only like 10,000 people showed up for that game, and that's the record low. This one is probably going to break that, and that says a lot because, you know, stadiums are bigger now, and, um, you know, you're, you're just not used to this happening. Uh, but... It's looking like uh, the, the, the early guesstimates from yesterday that there's only like 5,000 to 7,000 people at yesterday's game. So this is probably going to break that record low attendance record. And uh, that's pretty sad for the Carolina Panthers, um, especially when you could have gone to yesterday's game for 35 cents. How crazy is that? Uh, then we had the uh, Washington Commanders at the Los Angeles Rams. And uh, even though the final score is kind of close, the Rams just obliterated the Commanders 28-20. to 20. Um, I'm going to keep it real. I've been kind of saying Ron Rivera is going to be on the outs for the majority of this season. I don't know how dude still has a, a job after yesterday's game because the, the Commanders just keep getting worse. Uh, you know, they've showed, they showed some spark at the beginning of the season. And then they traded away uh, Chase Young and Sweat, their two best defenders, and they just really haven't put anything together. They've just been atrocious. I mean, they're 4-10. and 10. And yesterday's game, they just had some sequences where they just had no idea what was going on. And uh, just Ron Rivera always has this, like, look of, like, where am I uh, on his face every game. And I'm just shocked that today he still has a job. Um, maybe the, the Washington's just hanging on to him just because who cares, but, uh, I fully expect Ron Rivera to be fired by the end of the season. But, uh, on the other side of the spectrum, the Rams, 
Uh, they're playing pretty good. I mean, uh, Matthew Stafford, he had 258 yards through the air, air and two touchdowns. Uh, Kyron Williams had 152 yards on the ground and a touchdown. And then uh, they just really, he was able to find uh, Cooper Cup for a wide open 62-yard touchdown. And then, of course, Nakua also had a good game. So the Rams are really putting it together offensively at the right time. And they could be one of these last teams that sneak into the playoffs. Uh, then the uh, late afternoon games we had, uh, uh, that was also, sorry, that was a late afternoon game. Then the other late afternoon games we had the San Francisco 49ers at the Arizona Cardinals went just as expected. The 49ers obliterated the Cardinals 45-29. to Brock Purdy had an amazing day, 242 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, McCaffrey had an amazing day, 115 yards and a touchdown. And uh, really just no surprises here. The Niners just keep on rolling and the Cardinals just keep on losing. Then we had oh, just a terrible-ass game. Dallas Cowboys at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills obliterated my Cowboys 31-10. This was just a poor showing from the Cowboys. Um, I mean, first of all, we spotted them 21 points on three stupid-ass penalties uh, that just helped uh, set up the, uh, the, the Bills to just score on all three drives. We just helped uh, give them 21 points there, but that I'm not taking any way, anything away from the Bills. I mean, defensively, they locked down the Cowboys receivers. Uh, they just had Dak Prescott running for his life yesterday because they, nobody was open. Tony Pollard couldn't get going on the ground, uh, couldn't find CeeDee Lamb, and then the, uh, the Cowboys defense just got smoked on the ground. Uh, Cook had an amazing game on the ground, 179 yards and a touchdown. They pretty much ran the ball on every single play, and we couldn't fucking stop them. It was pathetic. Um, so hopefully, you know, the good thing about the Cowboys this season, when they lose, they usually bounce back. Uh, so hopefully that's the case after this week because this was an embarrassment. And uh, But the Bills, on the other hand, good for them. Uh, they are... Not in the playoffs yet. If the playoffs were to start today, they are in the out, still on the outside looking in. But um, if they keep playing the way they're playing, they should make the playoffs. And, uh, you know, defensively, they're locking it down. It's just offensively is where a lot of their questions lie uh, just because they, they tend to turn the ball over. But if they play like they've played the last couple of games, especially on the ground, because Cook has been, ever since Cook has been the focal point, of their ground attack, that's when they started to win. So uh, we'll see what happens with the Bills if they're able to still sneak into the playoffs. Uh, they still have a shot at winning their division, but if they played like they did yesterday, uh, they should have no problems getting into the playoffs. Then uh, we had the Sunday night football matchup, the Baltimore Ravens at the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, uh, you know, the Ravens did what the Ravens do. They, they smashed them 23-7. Uh, there are really no answers for Lamar Jackson. That guy, if if the Ravens are able to stay healthy uh, through the rest of this season and through the playoffs, and by healthy I mean Lamar Jackson needs to stay healthy. If he has no issues, I, I feel like the Ravens are are a shoe in for the Super Bowl. And and I know a lot of people want to go with the Niners. And, and I'm not saying that's a bad choice because the Niners are obviously the most talented team. 
But the thing about Lamar Jackson is he's too difficult to stop. And that's what he did all night to the Jaguars. I mean, it's what he's done all season. But with the Jaguars in particular, in particular last night, you could just see it. Like, there were multiple times where they could have easily sacked him. But he was able to get out of it. And just the way he's able to extend plays is really something else. And that's why... I really think the Ravens are the top team in the league right now. Um, when it comes to my power rankings, I'm probably going to keep the, the Niners there at number one. But as far as like teams I look at who could win the Super Bowl, just judging on what they've done this past weekend and all the way leading up, Lamar Jackson is just such a weapon that he's so difficult to stop. He does make some stupid mis- mistakes sometimes with interceptions, but, I mean, just what he's been doing this season, he he tends to now run with purpose. He's no longer just immediately running. He's actually thinking about it and staying more in the pocket, and he's just really making some good decisions, and he's just such a great weapon to have. I don't know who's going to be able to stop him. And uh, that's what he did last night with the Jaguars. Now, it, it also helped because the Jaguars' offense just could not – they made so many dumb, boneheaded mistakes. There was a sequence – Uh, Right before halftime, they were driving and they were able to get into scoring position, but they didn't spike the ball. And they had like, I want to say like 23-ish seconds left when they got up to snap the ball. So they should have spiked the ball. They did not spike the ball and they couldn't even get a field goal. They they couldn't even get a field goal. And that's just when, when you do that, you just can see it's not your night. Um, and it was not their night, and the Ravens really just held on to it. Uh, their defense played a great game. Offense played a great game, and uh, the the Ravens were able to walk away with the win, twenty three to seven. And uh, they are the number one seed, and they do have some some big games coming up. But like I said, I think if Lamar Jackson continues to play at the level he's playing at, he is too much to stop, and he's just such. He's just playing at such a high level right now, and his receivers are starting to step it up. You know, his receivers didn't have a big night last night, but uh, we all know that they can make the big plays when they need to, and Lamar is just having a year. So, um, And the defense, the defense is so good that nobody even talks about them, but they are one of the top three defenses in the league, Um, and they lead the league in sacks, and they just look so goddamn good. The Jaguars, on the other hand, really starting to fall apart at the wrong time. And um, I don't know what we're getting from them. And uh, they just made some really bad mistakes yesterday. And they've been making some bad mistakes. And I think they're on a three-game losing streak now. So I don't know what we're going to get from the Jaguars headed into the playoffs. But they are falling apart at the wrong point in the season. Now moving on to the Monday night football game tonight, we have the Philadelphia Eagles at the Seattle Seahawks. Right now the Eagles are a four and a half point favorite, um, and there's a possibility we may not have either starting quarterback tonight. Uh, Jalen Hurts has been battling an illness all weekend, um, and he was downgraded to questionable like two days ago, but usually when a guy's sick, they tend to play. So I'm expecting Hurts to play tonight. Um, and then on the other side side of the, uh, the field, we've got... Uh, Geno Smith, more than likely not going to play. Can't recall what his injury is. I think it's a groin. Eh, I don't know. Um, regardless, uh, it's looking like he may or may not play. So it's going to be um, that type of game. But regardless, I just feel like uh, the Eagles are the better team. 
They're coming off of two losses here, so I think they've got a lot to prove. They want to get back on the winning winning track. Seattle seems to be falling apart as the season goes on, and if they don't have Geno Smith tonight, then I really don't think they have much of a shot against the Eagles. So I have the Eagles winning uh, big tonight, 28-17. to Now let's move on to the Trop 10 NBA Power Rankings for the week. Uh, we do have... Uh, a little bit of movement. A couple of teams have uh, stormed their way back into the top 10 this week. Uh, but, uh, I, I mean, really, there's like four teams this week who their last week of basketball has just been straight up dominating blowouts. So let's get it started with, with who's pretty much been number one all season long, the Boston Celtics. Overall record of 20-5. and five. They are the first team to 20 wins. Uh, they're on a five-game winning streak right now, and they are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. And this is one of the teams that's been obliterating every team. Uh, on this five-game winning streak, pretty much every game has been like a blowout by 20 points or more. Um, and uh, now Jalen Brown is starting to come out of his shell. You know, he's kind of had a quiet season compared to everybody else on the team. But uh, he just had a huge game earlier in the week. And uh, the Celtics, they just are, they're, they're just, there's, they just look damn good. There's really nothing else to say about it. And so uh, they still got to be number one. Then at number two, one of my top 10 NBA power rankings at the Philadelphia 76ers. Overall record of 18 and seven. They are on a six game winning streak and they are also eight and two in their last 10 games. They are also winning in blowout fashion by like 20 plus points all week. Um, and Joel Embiid, his his stats are just getting more and more monstrous. Every week he keeps just pulling further and further away from everybody. Right now he's averaging 34.2 points per game. Last week it was only he was averaging 33. So this dude's getting higher and higher. And then also on the rebounds per game, averaging 12 rebounds per game. Whereas last week I think it was 10 or 11. Regardless, Embiid is just playing at a monster level this season. Then at number three on my top 10 NBA power rankings, the Milwaukee, I have the Milwaukee Bucks. Overall record of 19-7. and seven. They are on a four-game winning streak and are also 8-2 and two in their last 10 games and also winning with huge blowouts. I mean, they are also winning by like 20 or more points. Uh, Giannis just scored a, a career-high 64 points earlier in the week. Uh, so he's just, he's speaking of monster seasons, Embiid's having a monster season, so the fuck is Giannis. Giannis seems to be getting better and better with each and every game. So do the Bucks overall. Uh, right now they are second in points uh, on the season. They're averaging 124 points per game. So they are just blowing everybody out of the water and really, really taking care of business. Then at number four in my top 10 NBA power rankings at the Minnesota Timberwolves. Overall record of 19-5. and five. They are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. And Rudy Gobert, this guy has been... I'd say the main reason why they're winning because he's owning owning it in the paint. He's playing great defensively. He's scoring points. And then you've got Ant scoring a bunch of points. Uh, you've got Carl Anthony Towns having a, a great season. They just are really putting it together. And th the Timberwolves have yet to really show any cracks. They've so far, um, and it's weird to say this, but they have so far been the best team in the Western Conference for the entire season. I mean, they, they're the most... The most consistent, for sure. And uh, uh, they seem to be getting better as the season wears on. 
Then at number five on my top 10 NBA power rankings at the Sacramento Kings. Overall record of 15-9. and nine. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. And, uh, you know, they just had a huge breakout game with uh, one of their... Uh, there, uh, he, he was on the all-rookie team last year, and that is Keegan Murray. He hit 11 straight three-pointers. He would end up with 12, but uh, he would end up with 11 straight in that night, and he would also end up with 47 points on the night. So it was a career high for him, obviously, uh, versus the Utah Jazz. But really, the Kings, they, uh, they've been excellent since De'Aaron Fox got, got back from injury. Then at number six on my top 10 NBA power rankings, a team that I said is storming up the top 10 because they uh, they, they started the season off pretty hot, uh, falling off the last month, but they seem to be back in business, and that is the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, overall record of 16-11 and 11 right now. They are currently on a four-game winning streak and 7-3 and three in their last 10 games, uh, but they have been blowing everybody out of the water lately. Zion has been a beast in the paint, and uh, Ingram has been just scoring the points. And they're just really, the whole team overall is just playing great team basketball. They've been very, very streaky for me. So right now they seem to be on the upside of things. But if they keep this up, they're going to be a force to mess with out West. And uh, they're, right now they're looking pretty damn good. Then at number seven on my top 10 NBA power rankings are the Dallas Mavericks. Overall record of 16-9, and 6-4 and four in their last 10 games, and uh, it just continues to be the Luka Doncic show. He is uh, leading this team in just about every single category you can. He's averaging 33 points per game, 8.3 rebounds per game, 9 assists per game, so and he's 2 steals per game. He just is doing it in every single way, um, and... Yeah, it all seems to be on him at the moment, so that's probably going to start to wear on him as the season wears on. But right now, the Mavs are looking pretty damn good, and uh, Luka is just on some. Then at number eight on my top 10 NBA power rankings are the Denver Nuggets. Overall record of 17 and 10. They're six and four in their last 10 games. Uh, they actually are three and one as of last week. They're finally starting to get it going now that the injuries, uh, now that they're getting guys back from injury. Um, you know, Jokic has held it down. The guy's the triple-double king, has not stopped being the triple-double king. He also leads his team in every single category, basically just like Luka. Um, but now that the, the, the injury bug, they, they had to deal with a few injuries, especially to Jamal Murray. But now that they, they seem to be uh, battling through that, uh, they seem to be getting back on track. And uh, the Nuggets, while they're ranked low, who the fuck cares at the end of the day? They're still a good team. They still have Jokic. And uh, I expect them to uh, be one of the top teams all season long. Then at number nine on my top 10 NBA power rankings, the team that has taken a tumble this week, and there is a reason why, and that would be my Los Angeles Lakers. Overall record of 15 and 11. Uh, they're six and four in their last 10 games, uh, but a huge, they're, they're, they're doing the Jekyll and Hyde thing uh, where it's just they're on and off every game, but uh, a huge, huge, huge disappointing loss this week. Um, the San Antonio Spurs were on an 18-game losing streak um, when they went up against my Lakers a couple nights ago, and uh, the Lakers lost to them with LeBron in the game. This was not the game that LeBron sat. As a matter of fact, the game that LeBron sat, Anthony Davis went off and had a great game, and we got that win. But the following game um, against San Antonio, we lost and broke their 18-game losing streak. 
You don't want that fucking shit on your season, and that shit pissed me off. The Spurs have four wins on the season. They are Them and the Pistons are the most pathetic teams in the league right now, and uh, the Lakers helped them finally get one of those four wins on the season after an 18-game losing streak. Ugh, that's terrible. Uh, so that really pissed me off, and that really just made me give them a tumble um, all the way down from last week where they were, what, like four or five? They were up there, but uh, this week they took a tumble because that is just pathetic in my opinion. And then rounding out the top 10 NBA power rankings this week, I have the Oklahoma City Thunder. Overall record of 16-8. and eight. They are 6-4 and four in their last 10 games, and uh, they just really are playing really well. They just have yet to fall off. Chet Holmgren is just the blocking king. And not only that, man, this, this team is just killing it from three-point range. Uh, and they are just putting it together. Now, who knows if it's going to last all season. Uh, but like I keep saying, you know, Holmgren's making a huge case for Rookie of the Year because, like I said, the Spurs have four wins on the season. And, yes, Wembenyama has pretty much been what we expected. He's been very consistent for the most part. But his team has four wins, whereas the Thunder and Chet, Chet Holmgren has been a huge reason why as this team has 16 wins. They're 16-8, and eight, second in their division, been one of the – Top teams all season long, and Chet Holmgren has been a huge part of the part of the reason why they keep winning. So I don't know, man. At this point, to me, Holmgren is the rookie of the year. Now it's very, very, very early for those type of uh, predictions on the award, but I know everybody thought Wimby was running away with that rookie of the year just because he's uh, uh, such a high prospect. But uh, Chet Holmgren is making a huge case for rookie of the year and if the thunder keep playing at this level and if they make the playoffs and because Holmgren has a good season sorry y'all he's got to be the rookie of the year for sure but uh thunder man they they just keep they I keep putting them at this number 10 area because I'm really not sure about them I'm not sure about them but I mean they've maintained it all season long so uh we'll see if the if they're able to maintain it um you know through, through the next couple of months and see where they're at uh uh, come All-Star break, but right now, Oklahoma City Thunder are probably the most surprising team in the league, I'd say. I mean, especially when it comes to this uh, this top 10 here. I mean, the majority of these teams, like the Celtics, 76ers, Bucks, Timberwolves, Kings, uh, even the Mavs and the Nuggets and the Lakers, you know, like these are teams we kind of expected to to be in the mix. The Thunder, I really kind of expected them to, to really go through some growing pains, and uh, they actually just have been one of the top most consistent teams all season long. So we'll see if they're able to keep it up. But uh, like I said, Chet Holmgren looking like the rookie of the year at this point. Can't really argue with that. So uh, enjoy the rest of the week of sports, and I will talk to you all on Wednesday.